the comic book pit. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Pittsburgh Comics. Recently named one of the best comic book stores by the Pittsburgh City Paper. Pittsburgh Comics is the premier comic shop in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, located in McMurray, conveniently near Route 19 and Route 79. Pittsburgh Comic carries a large collection of new and back-issue comics, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, games, statues, action figures, and more. Don't forget Comics Perks. With the Comics Perks program, you can earn points on every purchase you make in the store. You get a point for every dollar spent, and every 100 points can be redeemed for $10 off a future purchase. Go to PittsburghComics.com for more, or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Great. Hello, and welcome to the Comic Book Pit Podcast. This is episode 378, continuing the March to 400 episodes. Uh, I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we've got Sean. Hello. And Kate. Hi, everybody. And last but not least, Link. Hey. Well, well, I guess to start off with, I guess we have a little bit of a kind of a belated RIP. If uh, I know, Sean, you, you, you wanted to uh, kick us off on that. Yeah, it goes out to, um, I'm sorry, I should have looked up his actual real name, but he goes by <laughs> the moniker of MF Doom, Metal Face Doom, a.k.a. Uh, Victor Vaughn, a.k.a. King Ghidorah, a.k.a other stuff he had like a lot of stuff um <laughs> he was a hip-hop artist correct yeah yeah he did hip-hop he was mostly in the underground um and i only bring him up on the comic book uh the comic book pit because this guy really loved it. well i think he really liked pop culture i'm not entirely sure how much of a comic book fan he really was um but MF Doom doesn't stand for, you know, MF. It stands for Metal Face, which I think I already just said. Sorry, yeah. I rambled. No, 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 no. I, um, I always wondered if, if it actually stood for something or not. Yeah, oddly enough, it. I think he changes it up. Sometimes I, it's Metal Face. Sometimes it's Metal Fingers. But his um, everything, like promotional to interviews he's always wearing this metal mask that is definitely like ripped from like the comics of you know dr doom Mm -hmm. like he samples like saturday morning cartoons uh there's this one album called uh, i'm gonna butcher it's gonna sound weird but it's like mm, food like mmm food I got you. Yeah, he is sampling all sorts of like Spider-Man and Amazing Fr- uh, and his Amazing Friends, uh, the beats from it. Uh, what was it the Fantastic Four 1978 version? Uh, just all sorts of stuff, and um, he was really good. Like I, I, me personally, I really loved his um, music. Like a lot of his albums i can't name particular ones but the ones that always come out is like uh doomsday and um the food one i just mentioned oh you know what there was one um he even did a video that was like straight up like jack kirby stan lee type of comic book um you'll have to give me one second guys i had it in my mind and then 
my kid has my phone, so I can't look it up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm using my tablet, which I don't know why I'm not using my computer, because it's right in front of me. It was like one of his hits. I think it's all caps. That's it, all caps. And the music video alone is just like a send-up to those comics, and it's just like That's so cool. cool. Yeah, like he smashes through like panels, like the beginning part of the video is like a big splash page including stan and jack hmm. like in the corner and it says like stan the manly and jack king kirby so i mean the dude seemed like he really knew his stuff and i think he even took it even farther and this is one of the reasons i wanted to bring him up on the show was um i i didn't know about this like he never came to pittsburgh mm -hmm. at least as far as i know at least when i was listening to him i never heard that he was in pittsburgh he might have been at one point but apparently he used to bring like MF imposters or something like he would bring like, like, no like doom butts. Yeah. Like doom butts. <laughs> I read it in an That's article awesome. and I was like, holy crap, he's really living this dream. Like, you know, <laughs> they wouldn't even know about it. Just be some dude in a metal mask that can't rap or he's like lip syncing like Millie Vanilli. Girl, you know it's true. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, oh crap, so, girl, yeah. you know it's doom. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and I think that's even the mysterious part of like his death. Like, no one knew he died in October. Like, apparently, he died on the 31st, I think, of October, and no one heard about it until like I think I didn't hear about it until literally New Year's Eve. It was starting to come out. And I was like, wow, like, I know 2020 was like uh, a, <laughs> a, a dumpster fire, but I'm pretty sure we would at least notice that. I mean, yeah, yeah, if any, any celebrity or musician death. Yeah. But yeah. And yeah, R.I.P. He made really good music. I uh, he infused a lot of jazz and he also infused, like I said, pop culture. So mostly the Marvel stuff. He probably had some super friends. Like there is definitely like a few, like I recognized some of the stuff. So very good. Cool. Yeah, it's it's a shame he was. I'm I'm looking him up now. I'm just on his Wikipedia, and he was he was only uh, not even 50 years old. No. When he when he passed, um, I'm not sure. Where did he die from? That's what I'm trying to look up now. If it says cause of death was not announced. Hmm. So, but yeah, no, you're right. Uh, yeah, he died on October 31st, age 49. Yeah, I thought it was actually going to be another prank or something at first. I was like, I wonder if he faked his death. Because I, I kind of went in that comics mode a little bit. Sure, people, yeah. Yeah, Doom fakes his death like all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wonder. But then I was like, you know what? Probably not. That's that's where the line of comics in real life has to draw the line. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe in a year he'll come back and be like, "Yep, <laughs> I'm back." <laughs> I mean, better hell. come back first. <laughs> you said Tupac. Yeah, I said Tupac better come back first. Hell yeah, Tupac. Did you miss that hologram? He did come back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I remember when he passed away. We we're all like, "Oh, that sucks," but then he started releasing more music. Like five, six years, at, yeah. like even Dave Chappelle made a skit about it. I was like what like i couldn't believe it and you know even my friends were like well he was just a workaholic and i'm like that's on his seventh album 
<laughs> well, he had a couple remixes. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. Also, he kind he lived on the streets too for a couple years. Uh, he got burned by a, uh, I think it was like a record company. Like they, he was in a previous group with his brother, and his brother, I think, got like a hit run or something like that. I can't remember. And I guess they dumped his group and he just, you know, lived in squalor for a couple of years. And I think he, that's when he started wearing them, uh, like conceiving like this marker of, you know, the metal face and doom and stuff like that. I believe, I don't know, but yeah, I figured I'd bring him up and I would have did it in January, but I totally forgot about it. So, but I was like, oh, yeah, I need to bring this up. I think the biggest thing I have to say he probably did, and I could be wrong. Uh, he teamed up with uh, Adult Swim probably like 2004 with, um, what was it called? MF Mouse? No. Uh-huh. Danger Mouse. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, that actually sounds Dan- familiar. Danger, Danger Doom. Danger Doom. Because it was Danger Mouse. And MF Doom, and they teamed up and they remixed. They like they did some raps and other people like maybe like I think his name's like Twilight Kali. I can never pronounce his name. I know who he is, but I think my only problem with that album was at least at 24 when I was listening to it was uh, it was only a half hour long. <laughs> hmm. I was like, huh, seems like all these tracks are really short, and <laughs> oh, it's a half hour, but. Uh, I got a good enjoyment out of it. I think I still have the the CD somewhere. Somewhere, it's probably in my car. One of them. But yeah, uh, he. I think his idea was kind of like he didn't want his personal life to interfere with the career that he was structuring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I guess like people like you know Puff Daddy and. Um, all these other rappers coming up. It was always about like their drama outside of rap. And he wanted just to be rap. Mm-hmm. So yeah. RIP 49 could have been 50. Maybe it'll come out at 50 and be like, yo, <laughs> stranger things have happened, man. Right. Well, yeah, that is true. <laughs> that would be, that would be pretty strange. well uh speaking of strange and i guess uh we'll just throw up a a great segue spoiler warning if if uh you've been living under a rock for the past uh month or so we've been uh we've all been watching wandavision and i feel like every episode has just ramped up the just the intensity. I mean, the, just the, uh, the storytelling, I mean, everything has just, just been building, you know, off the episode before. And I, and I feel like this fifth episode, it just, it just broke everything wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agreed. Uh, like a slow burn that finally erupts it into a volcano. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like I could have, Maybe I didn't. I I I didn't know how they were going to do it. I in the back of my mind, 
even you know when they were developing this show, I always kind of thought, ah, I'll bet it would be pretty cool if somehow they either I don't know how they would do it, but yeah, they're going to bring back Pietro. Mm-hmm. I never saw this coming. Oh yeah, absolutely not. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, and not even like <laughs> I kept thinking about like the every time they'd say in the age of Ultron, yo, you never saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's true. I never saw that yeah. coming. <laughs> so what, what? What? Let's let's hear it. What do you guys think? What's uh, what were your what, what were your initial reactions? And then what are you? Uh, do you have any uh, thoughts, predictions, hopes, fears, dreams? I'll, What's I'll up? let Kate Kate tackle this. <laughs> uh, my initial reaction was, holy shit, Evan Peters, yes. <laughs> Um, I'm a huge Evan Peters fangirl. I love him in every season of American Horror Story, except Coven. They did him dirty in that. (laughs) But he's a great actor, and I feel like you could always tell that he had a lot of fun with Quicksilver. So I'm really excited to see him embrace the role again. Yeah, and he was also the the, the more fun Quicksilver by comparison to the other one Mm -hmm. in general. So it would fit in better with like the sitcom thing that they have going on. Yeah. Well, or Disney in general. Yeah. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a much more, you know, he's played Quicksilver three times. I'm going to, I never Sorry. saw the third, the dark Phoenix movie, but I'm going to guess he's in it. But yeah, cause he was in, so he, he first appeared in days of future past Yep. and then he was in apocalypse. Yep. Yeah. He, I think he had the only good scene in apocalypse. <laughs> If I remember right. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then I, I haven't seen dark Phoenix either, but I believe he's in that. Yeah. I, w- I would be surprised if he wasn't. I always felt kind of bad for, and I, I even feel bad that I forget the actor's name, Aaron Taylor or something or other. The guy who played. Yeah. It's he's fine. just kick ass. Kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, the actor who played Quicksilver from age of Ultron. Cause I actually, I like that actor and I thought mm-hmm. he, I really, I, I don't know. I, I liked him as Quicksilver, even though we, you know, we only really, he only got like maybe 10 full minutes of screen time. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. No, he was, he, I, I liked him as that, but yeah, like the way that they wrote that, that version of Quicksilver was very, I mean, well, same with Scarlet Witch, really. They like, they just existed for, for plot device purposes. They yeah. never really had an opportunity to, to do anything. Um, but yeah, when they when they when they showed the 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 back of his head and it was this uh, like that that mm-hmm. kind of silver like dark gray head of hair and I'm like here we go here here we go holy shit <laughs> right you know yeah. when, I was like wow it's very well done yeah that like I said I just blown away um, yeah. yeah it was pretty good I I have to admit I haven't seen the X Men movies with him in it. But I did know who he was when I saw him, and I was like, "Oh, get out of town! That's really cool." Mm-hmm. I I don't know what it means. Like, it could mean like this is how they're um, folding in a lot of the Fox properties. Um, it would be interesting. I kind of am curious what uh, Disney Marvel plan on doing with that one, since I mean, I can totally see him rebooting like the FF and. Oh yeah, I that's why I've been hearing as well with WandaVision. Like they've been laying down like little small seeds. Like there's an aerosmith or aerospace engineer that would be up for the challenge or something like that. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Some of them are kind of well, yeah, 
people were also saying that that, that might be like uh, Riri Williams, Ironheart, possibly. I can oh, see okay. that. I, I guess after the first couple of episodes, I decided, okay, they're really doing something special with this show. I'm going to try to make an effort to not read too much into um, – yeah, fan theories or read articles or whatever. I'm just gonna, oh, yeah. I'm just gonna enjoy every episode as it comes. But I have heard, and I want to see what you guys think. So there's, I guess, there's theories that uh, that Wanda is not, you know, even though she's being painted as the kind of primary antagonist uh, because of her control over Westview. There's, uh, there's thoughts that she's not the only one who's got a hand in playing the puppeteer yes. that yeah. there, that um, Mephisto might be oh. part might be behind the scenes. Have you guys heard that? Or what do you think about that? I, I haven't heard that. I mean, I always assume that somebody was behind the scenes in some way beyond her. It, it's either that or it's a subconscious thing from her. It's, it's really mm. hard to tell, yeah. but it, it there, there's enough pieces that don't necessarily add up with what's going on on screen that does feel as if there's like another, another group involved in this. Yeah. I, I did hear about that rumor of Mephisto. I kind of have a feeling. I think it's Agnes. I mean, I guess it could be Dottie because, uh, what was it? The one, I think I was watching a video that pointed out that, and I do remember seeing it, but I guess they didn't really have like an identity when they were doing the, the board. You know, of like all the people that are in Westview. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Like yeah, yeah. Those two, they didn't have. Yeah, like they don't, they haven't found who they are yeah, yet. Before. Yeah, I, I mean, if anything, there's definitely something going on with Dottie. Um, and I, I would almost assume that, like, what it's like, the implication in this theory would maybe be like her, her husband, Frank, is actually Mephisto or something like that. Like, it's, you know, yeah. some, some character that keeps being referenced that's off camera might be some big reveal later on in the show. Wait, now which yeah. one? Wait, now who's Dottie again? Your neighbor, I think, right? No, that's yeah, Agnes. That's, Ag- was, that's, that's, oh, that's Agnes. Sorry, that's my bad. Catherine Hahn. She was Dad in, uh, she was in, uh, the second episode. She was Charger. the one who, who cut her hand on yeah. the broken glass. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. Emma Caulfield. That's Dottie. Okay. Yeah. She's from Buffy. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. She was, she was Anya, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, no, uh, I guess either or, uh, it, it's definitely possible there. Um, I mean, because they both, they both have acted extremely weird compared to everybody else. Yes. See, I don't know. Maybe I didn't see it with her, with Dottie. I definitely see it with Agnes. Agnes just, she keeps weirding me out every episode. Like, she, oh, yeah. she keeps doing like this one thing where it well, just is like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, especially in the last episode, because it, you really, at that point, you really, I mean, we, I feel like we saw a little bit of it in the fourth episode, but in the fifth episode, when she said, do you want me like, when she was kind of like, do you want me to start over? Um, like she's, she's fully aware of what's going on. Like she's fully conscious within this, Mm -hmm. this play that Wanda has created, but she's still playing along with it. Yeah. Yeah. uh, As one of the actors, but she, but again, she's fully aware of uh, uh, of the role she she plays, and I, and it seems like she's very conscious of 
Wanda's power and and is very careful not to like make her mad or or yeah. or, or yeah. face her there, wrath or who knows what. Yeah, because well, there's been a couple of times where she's just kind of like kind of squeamish a little bit or like, oh, I'm not. Yeah, you know, just trying to play along, but she doesn't want to. Yeah, like like well, you said, make her mad. That and um, oh, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy who was sawing through the. Oh, hedge, hedge trimmers with the bricks. Like he's also aware-ish, yeah, mm-hmm. of what's up, but mm-hmm. he doesn't seem as uh, nefarious. So that's what that's that's what always gave me the idea that maybe there was just like an outside group of some kind that 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 maybe those two are are in it somehow, or not in like a nefarious way, but to like you know kind of do what Sword's doing, like another agency. Yeah. Hmm. I I also wonder like I wonder if we if we find out at some point that maybe Wanda's power or her control or her hold over people wanes as you know because I mean yeah she's she's crazy powerful but is is she fully doing this subconsciously or does she actually have to concentrate a little bit like this so if, does that mean if she oh, loses yeah. concentration do you know do the people snap out of it for a little bit or something mm-hmm. um i don't know but that's um oh the uh the I, I thought the you know the other great thing about the the last episode was uh monica rambeau yes i mean yeah. it, everything about her and her character was really cool um i love the way she that she interacted with you know darcy and jimmy woo and um uh, I, I almost want like a spinoff of like <laughs> Darcy and sure, Jimmy yeah. Wu and Monica Rambeau where they're like, you know, it's like the X-Files in the Marvel universe or something where they like go investigate weird shit. Fantastic. Well, well, somebody said this yeah. is like, this is like the, the supporting cast members version of like Avengers Endgame, <laughs> where, mm-hmm. where all the supporting cast members. And even technically, I guess, you know, Scarlet Witch and Vision are supporting cast members more often than not in the more, in the movies, yeah. Um, yeah, they finally have a chance to, to you know, shine. And um, you, what's real? What was really cool in the and I think again it was the fifth episode. Um, you know, we saw a lot of the fallout or or the initial reaction from the uh, from the what, what do they call it the the snap or the blink or whatever when people oh yep yeah disappeared. Yeah. We this is the first time we've seen it when people reappear. Yeah, and how? Yeah, I mean, out, outside of Spider-Man, Correct. yeah, but Spider-Man played it up more comedic. But this is, yeah, but like people are like just reappearing and completely just freaking out, mm-hmm. and um, and it was even really more heartbreaking when, you know, when you find out that a, uh, Monica blinked, mm-hmm. and then when she came back five years later, her mom was dead. Yep. Yeah, that was just a, you know, just a punch to the punch to the gut. I'm just like, I mean, this 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 show just com- just week in and week out just it just continues to be really re- I mean, I figured it was going to be okay. It would be probably pretty good or whatever, but I'm like, holy shit, they're really making this something. You know, they're really mm-hmm. just pulling out all the stops and this isn't just like, Oh, it's like, you know, like a, like a Marvel agents of shield crappy, like 
here's yeah. you know here's here's nine episodes of of mediocre superhero stories you know storytelling it's like yeah this is you know this, this is yeah like cinematic they, i mean this is like huge in in scope yeah they de- yeah. they definitely know what they're doing uh which i'm kind of glad maybe they use agents of shield they looked at it and they're like okay we got to do everything that's not that <laughs> we have to do yeah. we have to do the complete opposite of this <laughs> yeah we, yeah well exactly i can only imagine what agents of shield would have been like if they had um not been restrained and were able to do stuff like this yeah. where they're like yeah bring in darcy it really Why not it, it really kind of makes you feel even worse for agents of shield and the creators oh, yeah. it's like like they're like agents of shield is like they're like the redheaded stepchild Yes. Yeah, no, they had they got like Phil Coulson and like uh Sif. Mm-hmm. And and I want to say that's almost the extent of the connection and of, and it gets appearance by Samuel L. Jackson in a pilot to really tie it into the movies and that was it. Everything else I think was original that they had to scrounge up on their own. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it's like think, <laughs> yeah. It's like Agents of Shield, it's like the finale happens, it's like the sh- the show's over, then six months later is like Hey guys, Marvel's going to Disney Plus. Yeah, right. They're probably like, "Son of a bitch." <laughs> and it, I mean, it, to some extent, it makes you. It, it also makes you feel bad for all those Netflix shows because they say they were great. I mean, they were much better than Agents of Shield, but they still had the the same issue mm. of being they they were trapped in a bubble and they weren't really allowed to play yeah. with the big kids. You're right. You're right. They really? they could they could make references. They could say like. Oh, the green guy and the guy with the shield and the the guy with the hammer. Like they could they could talk around, yeah. You know, like they would they would talk about the alien invasion. But I don't think anyone ever said the word Avengers or Iron Man no. or Stark or anything like that. Although, See, well, gonna, tech, well, they, they might have said Stark because I, isn't Misty's arm like a Stark? Yes, you know, I yeah. think at the very end of the shows they started to ease up on that a little bit more. Cause I think it was that or no, I, I thought or maybe it was, I know iron fist funded the arm. I just don't remember. Oh, you're right. Who made it. I think you're right. But, but yeah. they did have a captain America action figure in an episode. So like at some point they were like allowed to <laughs> talk about something, but still I, it's the same idea that yeah. it wasn't like, no, you're no, oh, you're well, yeah, no, I, I guess your point. Yeah, you're right. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of felt like those Netflix, I kind of just accepted the world where they're all street level. So, I mean, yeah, I get it. Avengers would probably be a household name or Stark would be a household name, but I don't know. I mean, I just kind of figured like, well, they're not going to talk about the Avengers all that much. If Bushwhackers coming by, Sure, but I guess, I guess think of it this way. Like um, it's in New York and I mean, Spider-Man's a street level character, but Spider-Man would never show up and, you know, true than Netflix shows mm-hmm. um, or even Dr. Strange. Who's just hanging out in New York um, for any, for any mystic needs Iron Fist might need. Uh, but if it was on like a Disney plus show, then yeah, sure. Why not? There's, there's a chance. Well, you know, and, and, and yeah. now, you know, granted, like sure there was an alien invasion, but that in, and it happened in like midtown Manhattan. So maybe the outer boroughs where the street level heroes live, maybe that didn't, catch as much of that you know that alien invasion however mm-hmm. the entire universe got blinked so yes exactly yeah, yeah. they would have been affected <laughs> at some point 
Yeah, I, I was, I, that is one thing I guess that the shield got to play with was the blink a little bit, not, not a lot, but mm-hmm. you know, they talked about that things were happening, which is, it caught me off guard. I thought they were, they were just like, yep, we're just, we, we cut all ties with the movies there. Yeah. Seems like that's the MO of Agent Shield. Like I still, I know we've had this discussion, at least on this podcast, more than a dozen times. And I'm always like, I watched like the eight episodes and yeah. people kept telling me it gets better, but it always seems like it still comes to, yeah, they talk about this stuff on the show and that's kind of cool. And I'm like, it's a visual medium. Show it. Don't tell us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Not allowed. Yeah. They, they, they were legally <laughs> not allowed. <laughs> yeah. It just, yeah, it just didn't, it didn't serve the show. It didn't, I mean, no one, no one was going to watch that show, but you know, yeah, they would probably get a few, maybe non-comics people who are fans of the movies. But once they found out that the show kind of sucked um, mm-hmm. and it wasn't going to be the same level as the movies, I'm, I'm sh- you know, I'm sure their viewership dropped immediately. So a- anyone that was left was going to be just a hardcore comic person. And, but the show didn't serve those people. I don't know who the show was serving, but it wasn't anyone who was a fan of comics. Mm-hmm. It was just like this watered down, like superhero spy show, and it wasn't even a good spy show. They had a sweet fucking Ghost Rider, though. Ghost Rider <laughs> was that that half season of Ghost Rider was really good, and the half season of I don't even think it was a half a season. What what how, however many episodes they devoted to their their version of uh oh not Secret Invasion um the, the secret, secret yeah Secret Empire. Secret Empire. Yeah, the, oh. those were pretty good episodes. Yeah, they that that show did a good job of trying to reward people that stuck around forever. But like yeah. mm-hmm. beyond that, like because Secret Empire was kind of like that. They were like, well, here's all this stuff that you are familiar with because you watched you know X amount of episodes of Agents of Shield, and now we're gonna subvert all that and do a cool, you know, what if Hydra controlled everything alternate universe kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, but you're yeah, in but the then, matrix, <laughs> but you're, yeah. And it was, that, that was really cool. And then, uh, just, I don't know. Yeah. They did a lot of cool ideas here and there near the end. Um, and they, they tried to weave things together in a, so, some kind of way. Yeah. It, but it, the point stands is basically, I wish that, you know, that Disney plus was a thing mm-hmm. when, when they decided to do agents of shield. Cause who knows? when we'd ever get anything like that or when we'll ever even see like phil colson again in like any capacity Ah, uh, yeah i i mean he, he might get a cameo somewhere down the road but i i i feel like they're they're done with him yeah uh, i mean shield isn't even doesn't even really exist in the movies yep. anymore it really shield is basically just like nick fury and uh maria hill yeah i i would I, I almost hope that they do bring shield back in some way and, and just kind of like right, at some point they, they get to just say agents of shield didn't happen or it happened in its own standalone continuity. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't think it's going to prevent them from doing more shield stuff now after it's off the air for so long. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause that, I mean, it would make a great Netflix miniseries or not Netflix, Disney plus miniseries. Um, to do something like something yeah. with Samuel Jackson. Actually, that's uh, yeah, that's kind of hold out for that. Like that's, that's yeah. Right. 
or even old school adventures like they could just play around in that 90s era with the captain marvel stuff yeah that would be fun if they if they did do some sort of uh like you said even if it was just a sh- like a mini series or something just a, a single uh, season um maybe you know shield through the ages or something that would be kind of fun mm-hmm. kind of like uh, what they're doing with peggy carter kind of yeah mm-hmm. Because I I liked Peggy Carter like I really wanted that show to stick around. That that show should have stuck around instead of Agents of Shield. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it it did a much better job of feeling like it was part of something, even even if it wasn't. You could pretend it was. <laughs> like I was kind of hoping they just eighty six Agents of Shield and just have more Peggy Carter. It it was a way better. I mean they 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 did the whole espionage thing yes. a lot better. Oh yeah, I was way mm-hmm. way more invested in those plots. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I don't know when I was ever invested in anything spy wise in Agents of Shield. It was always just like Hydra's up to something. <laughs> well, you know, it it and it would have been perfect because you know it was you know that, that that show was coming right off of you know it was like in the timeline it was right after World War II. It would have mm-hmm. been going into the Cold War, and then they could have time jumped to like the swinging sixties. And who like they could have had like maybe not you know Nick Fury but a stand-in like someone some other character yeah. that could have been like a Nick Fury esque Shield agent you know doing the 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 sixties you know spy adventures you know mm-hmm. yeah like that's what I've been trying to that's what I've been waiting for all these years and just it yep. hasn't happened I, I keep waiting I I, I, I know. Think I do think Disney Plus is going to be genre show focused, um, like we're getting with with WandaVision. And I got my fingers crossed for. for did you guys see the Super Bowl trailer for uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yes, yeah. that looked pretty cool. That looked, yeah, yeah, it looks cool. I mean, it, I got my fingers crossed that it's going to deliver on 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 like a buddy cop vibe. Yeah, like a, yeah, that one's definitely going to be a more yeah, definitely more action packed. Yeah, kind of a like a lethal weapon, you know, yeah, Riggs and Murtaugh yeah. type of relationship. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that will be super cool when it, with that. And obviously Loki is going to be its own crazy wacky. Oh, thing. I keep forgetting about Loki, but yeah, that one is going to be, that, was, that one's going to be kind of mind bending. I, uh, I think. Yes. Yeah. Was there a commercial for that one for Loki? Uh, no, but there's a trailer. Yeah. T- something a while back, I think. Oh, yeah, there's a um, there's a teaser trailer out there somewhere, but yeah, it wasn't during the Super Bowl. It was uh, a while back, but uh, yeah, yeah. So Falcon and Winter Soldier that is next month, right? That's March. Uh, yeah, yep. So that's pretty cool. So we're we're gonna have a pretty decent, uh, some pretty decent viewing for for a while. Yeah, well, they got they got to keep those subscriptions. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Mandalorian couldn't do it alone. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it tried for a year. It hung in there for a year just on Mandalorian. They were, yeah, and you know whatever other little things they trickled on there. Filoni and Favreau are like, "Are you guys ready yet? <laughs> <laughs> right, you gotta put your oh, shit out on the air. We gotta, we're, we can't stretch out the Mandalorian any longer." <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think that I think it, uh, both this and that and WandaVision show like what. The, the quality you're going to get with the Disney plus TV series, which is why I'm, I'm very hopeful for, because like you said, it's, it's, 
Winter Soldier and Falcon is 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 more action based, and we've seen all of but we've seen that done a million times with Marvel. So I'm hoping it it had it has that little special quality that's gonna mm. set it apart from just being like, oh well, this is just like a Marvel movie. Like mm. this is like you know the paint by numbers Marvel vibe. Mm. Um, which which is why I think I'm I'm hoping for the 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 comedy to be on point because that if it's there, that's all I need. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out for sure. And it's also exciting to see um, Sharon Carter get used because I can't consistently forget that she exists in the MCU. Yeah, and I kind of was <laughs> miffed that she kind of she didn't really have any like time to shine. And I, I mean, I've read a limited amount of Captain America comics, but I'm pretty darn sure she was like a significant part in that book. Yeah, right. Yeah. Only for her to just be kind of like, oh, Agent 13, weak, notch, yep. let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we take a quick break? Uh, let our let our sponsor have a few minutes, and then we'll come back and talk some comics. This week's episode of Comic Book Pit is brought to you by Thriftburg. Do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card? Are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftburg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. That's all one word, Comic Book Pit. So visit thriftburg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items. All right, and we're back. So I was gonna, I was gonna kick off real quick if you guys don't mind. Nope, I do mind. No. <laughs> Damn it! Oh Go my! I quit comics. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have, I have zero interest in the King in Black event that's going on right now in Marvel. Hey, me too. But, <laughs> but um. I have been uh, I've been reading Daredevil, and there's a little there's have been you know some crossover with with that, um, and then I saw a one shot, King in Black, Black Knight number one, and I wasn't gonna get it, but I had to because whatever the equivalent is for, for like comic book characters and like stray puppies or stray animals, like <laughs> I can't help it. Like, like the, 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 oh, yeah. the more like not lame, but like the, the more C list you are, the more I like, yes. It. You know, when I first, when I started reading comics in the, in the mid eighties and I was reading the Roger Stern Avengers black Knight was, he was on the team. He had been on the team for years he continued beyond. I think he was from that point. He was on the team all the way through the end of the the the, the first series uh, when it went into the '90s and everybody was wearing leather jackets. Um, and he had given up his ebony blade for basically a laser sword, which just don't even get me started. Um, it was garbage. Let's just say that. But I really like the Black Knight. Uh, and then, you know, I got real excited when they were announced that he was going to be in the new Eternals movie. And so I think they're starting to 
Yeah, you got the height. Yeah, they're starting to build him back up as a character. So, you know, so I was really intrigued to see that he had, you know, the, they gave him a one shot in this uh, King of Black. And I'm like, well, how does he fit into that? For the, for the kids at home, what what is the, the King in Black about? We're supposed to be about from what little you've gleaned. Okay, so I so the King in Black has to do with it's the basically there's a symbiote planet whoever like wherever Venom comes from. Okay, it's a that, planet of I, yep. symbiotes, and the king of the symbiotes, his name is Null, uh, K N U L L, and I don't know the story, but basically Null has come to Earth with a bunch of like symbiote dragons or monsters or whatever to, okay. I don't know, to conquer, to kill, to destroy, to enslave, whatever. Basically he's, you know, he showed up on earth's doorstep with a bunch of symbiote goo monsters. Yeah. And now every, basically, you know, every issue of every Marvel comic is, you know, either the King and black main storyline or it's, you know, the superheroes on earth dealing with, you know, repelling the, yeah. the symbiote hordes. So, uh, so then, so you've got, um, the black Knight, uh, Dane Whitman, who has a sword called the ebony blade and it curses whoever wields it by giving them, um, like a bloodlust, and only the strongest and the pure of heart can handle it without succumbing to the blood. So that's, that's the kind of the basic, you, you know, basics you need to know about, right. so, about the black Knight. So, so I see the connection in a way because that's similar to the, the, the symbiote, right? Right. There's a, yeah, there, there's a little bit of connection. Yeah. So this, so in this, you know, issue, uh, you know, the black Knight, you know, he, he is all the, all the Avengers and uh, what they're, <laughs> it's kind of a running joke. They call them a- Avengers adjacent <laughs> uh, uh, heroes have been called to action uh, to help repel the, uh, the, the King in black or, you know, all the symbiote goo beasts, black Knight heads off into the fray, cursed sword in hand. And, you know, while the issue's focus is the black Knight, you know, and he finds himself fighting alongside, a couple of those, um, I don't even know where these characters came from. They're like these, uh, Asian characters. Oh, well, the Um, agents of Atlas, right? Well, yeah, I think uh, one is called arrow and she has like control of, of the wind. And there's another one who just happens to be called sword master and he wields a sword. Yep. There's some great action, but there's also some really neat, uh, like introspection of, as to who the black Knight is why he fights and it's kind of like it's like reorienting the direction of the character because he's got a now he's got an upcoming mini series and he you find out that he's i don't want to say he's crazy but his bloodline like they're like uh, i'm trying to think how to word this his bloodline are the like are the ones that the ebony blade comes to them like they they have to wield the ebony blade it's like he's a little crazy. He's just like, he talks to himself. uh, But then he, he starts like talking out loud. Like he does this narration. It's very grand and flowery and old timey. And, and in the book, you just think it's, it it looks like, like scrolls, like they're, it's like a a narration. But what you come to realize is it's actually 
Black Knight talking out loud. <laughs> and at one point, Arrow's like, you realize you're talking out loud, don't you? And he's like, oh, well, but I don't, what? No, I mean, maybe. And it's like a show of bravado. Like I said, it's it's like he doesn't even realize he's doing this. So there's there's some interesting things going on as far as like, okay, is this just the effect of this cursed weapon? Is he a little touched in the head? Is it a combination mm-hmm. of both? So overall, though, it was just fun to see him in action again. And again, it's one of those things like, I mean, he was an Avenger for like years, like probably 10 years, but he's, I guess, still viewed as C-list by yeah. the rest of you know the heroes at large. I feel it's most of the U- UK heroes are always viewed that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Based on uh, your description, it sounds like he needs to team up with Deadpool and Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's definitely, um, there's definitely hints of Moon Knight in there. I would say for sure. <laughs> um, he doesn't like. There's no breaking of the third wall or third wall, fourth wall. <laughs> I don't even know what wall I'm talking about. There's no breaking of the fourth wall. But yeah, there's definitely like uh, some interesting things going on with him mentally. So I'm uh, even more interested. I mean, first, like I said, I'm, I'm glad to see him being dusted off and being used again. I'm also really excited for his upcoming miniseries, so I'll probably be talking about that at some point. So, um, since I paid no attention to the Eternals, uh, besides that tiny little teaser that we got, uh, who's is it, was Jon Snow typecasted as the Black Knight? Is that who he's playing? Yes, John. Uh, yeah, Kit. Harrington is that the actor's yep. name? Yeah. John Snow. Yes, he is playing the Black Knight. Wonderful. That's perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Cool. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. Um, I, I I feel as if some of that that the King and Black stuff ties back to. I feel as if Jason Aaron set that up in Thor to 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 make the symbiotes or Venom himself or something part of like a cosmic entity that might, maybe that's null. Mm, yeah. I, don't know. That, but it, it's, I, re- I remember reading about it and be like, wow, that sounds cool. That's way different. Yeah. I'll, I think when, when all is said and done, I'll probably go back and read the, if, if there's a, like a main event book, mm-hmm. I'll probably go back and, you know, read that. But as it is right now, I'm, I mean, I have zero interest in anything having to do with, with any symbiotes or or I agree, whatever. Yeah. I'm symbioted out. So yeah, they've been making a big push for that. It's, it's strange. It feels like the past five or six years, it's just been venom books and carnage books. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I heard the the kids love the venom and the the carnage. (laughs) Sweet, sweet black outfit. Uh huh. (laughs) I heard that's the thing. So, all right. So, who's up? Uh, yeah, I can be up. I'm I'm usually pretty quick. So, sure. uh, I have two if you guys don't mind. Um, but I'll try to be quick. So, the first one I'll review. Okay. It's called Mutts. It was collected, uh, uh, a collected newspaper strips from the '90s, '94 uh, to I guess it's still going on. Um by writer artist Patrick McDowell it follows two dog uh, it follows a dog named 
Earl <laughs> had to look <laughs> it up, and a cat named Mooch and their and their uh, pet uh, owners. And uh, I mean, it's kind of what you expect out of a Sunday comic strip nowadays, or at least back in the mid '90s. Like it's cutesy. It does kind of reminiscent of it, of uh, like your Peanuts characters, or I don't know. I'm I haven't really read uh, a newspaper comic strip. In I was a gonna long say time. you're like reminiscent. I'm like, dude, I don't know the last time I've seen a newspaper strip. Yeah, it's been like a super <laughs> long time outside of maybe finding some in the wild of like collected books at like yeah at half price books. Um, I even wrote in a note. I actually wrote notes this time. Well, one note says kind of what I expected. Cutesy family comic strips. And it did. It definitely had like a great use of uh, pen and zip tone. Like the, mm-hmm. the pen and ink of it was just like really good. And I think that's why I picked it up. It just did. He had like such a, a minimalist type of style and he got like a very good range of uh, motion out of everything. But I found myself at times just kind of like, uh, this is too sugary sweet for me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying that I want grim and grit in my Sunday comic strips, but <laughs> he wants to, the, the comic strips from the nineties. Yes. <laughs> but I was just like reading it through. I was like, I, I definitely know when I read stuff, it's not for me. Like it's, I'm not the audience that they're going for. And, Mm-mm. and I appreciate, I appreciate it because of the artwork for most part. So, um, the other one I will do, uh, I hope I didn't review this one. I'm pretty sure I didn't, but, uh, it's a princess of Mars, John Carter. Um, it's the comic book adaption that Marvel did a few years back by artist, writer, artist, writer, <laughs> Roger Langridge and Philippe Andre. Uh, Andre? I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, I mean, it's another adaption of A Princess of Mars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to go over the whole story. I, if anyone, exactly what you expected it would be. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm not sure. Like, yeah. There's this guy. He gets zapped or something yeah. and then falls asleep yeah, yeah, yeah. and he goes to Mars. Like, we all kind of are relatively know that yeah. story. Like we've all seen either movies or something parodied it, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, uh, I think what really separated it for me with this book was I really liked Philippe's artwork. Like they're just really extreme poses and like very fun pages. And you're just it, like when the action happens, you're just like, wow, you're sitting right there. Like you're in the, in the driver's seat. And I, I really liked it. Um, I really liked it a lot. I mean, it's it was just overall good, but the maybe it's the copy I bought. I got it at um, I think it was Half Price Books. They had a sale, uh, like one of their quarterly sales mm-hmm. um, in Moreauville, like right across the street. And I think I found it for like two bucks, and I'm like, okay, I'll get it. Sure, yeah. But the copy that I got, the printing was just so dark. 
you know. Yeah. So it's kind of like murky to read at times, especially if I'm like in a dim room or like dim lit lighting. A lighting. So you're not reading this by candlelight. <laughs> no, you are not reading this by candlelight. And I'm not trying to be like one of those art snobs that have to have like the right paper and you know they added too much uh, computer coloring. It's like no, not really. It was just. I, as a person that's worked in well, over-the-counter printing for several years, I kind of know when things are printed dark. And this mm-hmm. was printed dark, and it kind of did hurt a little bit because there was times where um, it was kind of hard to – I kind of got confused. And sometimes it was with uh, Philippe's artwork. I, there was sometimes, I think, the, the writer-artist kind of had like a – a gap like they didn't know who was who who was doing what you know what i mean like i was just getting confused sometimes so it was like between the printing and sometimes storytelling you know i'd be kind of like mm-hmm. say what like i had to read it a couple times to say okay this is what they're trying to do but uh overall i really liked it even though my copy is junk even to a point where Again, the book glue is coming apart. Oh no! Well, it is what it is. Two dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna like get mad because it's not gonna last me forever. Uh, but everything was really fun. Oh, and the covers apparently I got the trade, but the I guess covers or variant covers were done by Scotty Young. So. Oh, neat. Yeah. Nice. Really good work. Very cool. I, I would suggest picking it up. Uh, I can go next if that's all right. Yeah, go for it. Cool. Link's going to piggyback off of mine since he also read most of it. Yeah. Um. So I actually talked about the first issue of this at this point probably a year yeah, ago. Yeah, easily. Because it, it was, was in person. It, it was in person. <laughs> oh, that's right. I thought this sounded kind of familiar, but I couldn't remember yep. what it was. So, yeah, uh, so it's Mirka and Dolfo's Mercy. And so Mirka is just like everything on it. So the writer, artist, and the colorist. And in a nutshell, this book is if Lovecraft did a vampire story. I could see that. I got a lot of Lovecraft vibes from this. Um, without giving anything really away, uh, the back says that it's a sensual Victorian Gothic graphic novel. Uh, it definitely is gorgeous and has all of the lush design that one would want from a Victorian Gothic horror novel. Uh, it has st- characters that you actually come to care about. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a pretty cool story. And uh, I'm really glad that we were able to track it down after the first uh, volume was collected. Because you yeah, kind well, of lost track of I, it. I, I think it's the only volume, right? Yeah, so far. Well, I, I, I had a feeling it was just like a, a self-contained something or other. I didn't think they were making any more. They are. Oh, they are. Oh, well, the yeah. Merciless. Okay. Yeah, there's an advertisement for the next uh, sometime <laughs> I, in 2021. I stand corrected then. Um, but yeah, we lost track of it with COVID and 
thankfully it still happened, but it's through image and it's just gorgeous and lush. And if you enjoy Lovecraft or vampire stories or gothic romance, yeah, gothic romance. Cause when I say vampire, it's not your typical vampire. No, I was going to say like, it's a vampire vibe. I, I will say the thing that surprised me the most as I was reading through this is how not like any of those things you're describing it is, but still is. Exactly. Like, I can't think of a better way to describe these creatures. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to vaguely mention what they are. Like, they're like, they're like plant creatures. They're like plant creatures that come through some kind of void in a cave that feed off of people. Yeah, so I which guess is why I was like Lovecraft vampire. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a Lovecraft <laughs> thing, but it's also yeah, it's like a. They're like body snatchers kind of vibe. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's cool. It's like your, your, everything you said about the colors and all that is exactly on point. The entire reason I picked it up was for the artwork originally. Yeah. I flipped through it. I was like, this looks like something we would dig. Yep. And, and it is, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess the overall, the, the plot, the, the generic plot is that, that somebody comes to town who is one of these creatures, as you find out in the first issue. Um, and like just the, the, what they're doing in town and how, what they're doing to the townspeople and how that's all weaving together with all the separate narratives of all the different townsfolk that live there mm-hmm. would be like the, the most non-spoilery way to, to describe it. So it's it's a good it's it's got a good little bit of mystery to it too like it like it feels like the plot slowly reveals itself over yes. time as opposed to being like right out the gate like like you're always just like you have an idea of what's going on but it's still like a puzzle you're figuring out mm-hmm. and it continues to surprise you I think all the way to the end mm-hmm. cool that yeah, sounds pretty fascinating yeah and because it's an image book I would imagine you can probably snag it on the cheap. Because they like to do that with their their first books, yeah. mm-hmm. which is it's that's such a dangerous thing that Image does. It's always <laughs> addictive to just grab a new trade and be like, "Well, shit, I like this now." Right now they got me. I mean, that's really good marketing. It though. is. Yeah. It really does. Just like drug dealers, it, right? <laughs> what else? First it one's free. Next gift, one costs you. <laughs> it makes gift shopping easy too. When you're like, "Oh, comic book family, I will get them this." inexpensive but you know full-size trade oh, paperback yeah. <laughs> heck i will get them you know two or three maybe because okay. that's the cost of like a normal one trade paperback from another publisher um anyways so i'll uh i guess i'll kind of okay you read some of this right yes okay so i'm going to talk about um as i guess i just do now this is my thing i've cornered the market on this uh <laughs> It's, it's another young adult DC book. Um, this one's Black Canary Ignite. Um, by Meg Cabot. Yep, by Meg Cabot and illustrated by Kara McGee. Um, if we have any uh, listeners who happen to like The Princess Diaries, I'd like to point out that Meg Cabot wrote the book that The, the Princess, Princess Diaries. Diaries. Oh, okay. Yeah, they get, they get talented writers for these things, which is always... Um, I mean, artists too, of course, but like so the writers are always like, you know, some New York Times mm-hmm. best-selling author, such and such, wants to 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 write like a young adult book with the, uh, you know, some some cool popular character. Uh, 
but I'm also kind of in the wheelhouse of, of Sean at this point with, with mutts and stuff where it's like, yeah, I knew what I was getting. Um, it, I, I, I feel as if I'd only, I, I could probably read off the back of this book and be like, yep, that sounds like what the book would be about. And, and in fact, I'm gonna. A 13-year-old Dinah Lance knows exactly what she wants, who she is, and where she's going. First, she'll win the Battle of the Bands with her two best friends, and then she'll join the Gotham City Junior Police Academy so she can solve crimes just like her dad. Um, and then some other stuff happens, and then she discovers she has voice powers, um, and it ties into, like, you know, her mom also has voice powers because she used to be the Black Canary, and it's her coming to, in the, to uh, you know, adulthood, um, you know, the, the teenage life of, of that kind of stuff, and, like, Understanding her powers, uh, learning responsibility, yada yada yada. <laughs> it it is what like it is what it is. It is what it is. It's enjoyable. It's good. For what it's it not is. bad at all. It, but it is. It's it's you. There, there's no twists and turns here. Correct. There uh, is a fun one liner about how she wishes she got Black Lightning's powers instead. Yeah, it is. They do reference the outer DC universe. Um, because yeah, the, she's definitely having trouble with her voice in general. It's causing her a lot of trouble at school. She's shattering glass and doing things and pissing and off the principal. Prince, pissing off the principal, who's just like, well, I clearly know that it's you, even though I don't think that you're a metahuman with voice powers. But you were here when this glass shattered, so you're in trouble. Uh. You get detention. Um, so it's got that kind of like kids have it rough. Why are they? Why are the adults always so mean to mm-hmm. me? Kind of vibe to it. It's I don't know. It's fun. I I enjoyed it. It's it's definitely not not something I would you know. Um, it's, it's, it, it would be for somebody, uh, a young, a young person in your life for sure. Who, who's interested in comic books. I, I would even say that, um, Sean Milley would probably dig this. Oh, cool. Um, I feel as if it's, I, I don't know what it, like what age appropriateness is on this, but it says it's part of the DC zoom series, which I think is even intended for, for younger audiences than they normally do with the other stuff we've talked about. Yeah, and I don't remember anything like... Like, there are definitely some, like, somewhat young adult things we've talked about that I'm like, mm, maybe that's a little much for Millie, but not this. Yeah. There's nothing in this that I can think of that would be inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, yeah, in general, it is a good good uh, young kid book, for sure. Um, and I think I say this every time, but my biggest issue with all of these books is they, ne- they never do sequels. So like, if you like it, good for you, but that's it. <laughs> like, like tough cookies. Um, Cause they, they really do just throw every, every character at the wall and then, you know, see what sticks and then they move on to the next one. But I guess in that, in that way, I guess it's also a good, uh, uh, a good sampler platter for, for the, the DC universe as a whole to, to find any character that you might that, you know, maybe the parents might be like, oh, yeah, this character is awesome. Like, you know, Aquaman. And then, oh, here's a cool book for kids with it, for Aquaman or something, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 interesting how they go approach it. Which is kind of a shame, though, because kids actually can stick around for like like the long haul. Like my kid alone, she she has been interested in Harry Potter. Like my wife. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, like there's not any famous young adult books that yeah. turned into movie franchise. Oh yeah, no, I agree. It's just, I, I think, yeah. I think from a, from a corporate point of view, that's why a oh, lot yeah. of times, you know, a lot of times, uh, some, some runs of graphic novels or trade paperbacks aren't numbered 
because yeah. they don't want people to get discouraged. Like if, if they see, Oh, you've got whatever Aquaman number, you know, three, four and five and six, but not one and two. Well, they're like, well, if you don't have one and two, then I guess I can't buy these. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's just a, it's a corporate mentality. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Which makes no sense. Babysitter's Club proved that. I, that is a weird another one. Sure. Like I feel as if books knew this, but yeah, comic books are more 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 hesitant, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's a, t- a type of people that they're tra- trying to attract one versus the other. But yeah, I would say like Babysitter's Club, uh, you know, uh, Goosebumps. Even though they're not connected, they were still numbered. Mm-hmm. And I you know, mainstream uh, comics never. I it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense to me. Like dates. Like they just look at money, just going by, and they're like, "Nope, we don't <laughs> want it." And I'm like, "What?" Like I was, right. um, I'll probably review this on the show, but I was reading Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, like they had five volumes already. I didn't even know about that. I just knew, like I picked up this one because I heard such good things about it, and I heard it was like kind of like Millie appropriate. And mm-hmm. you know, at the time that I got it, she wasn't really ready for that type of stuff yet. Not for action or anything. It's just, you know, her age level. She hasn't, she wasn't really reading that many yeah. things. Like they're learning sight words and now they're actually reading. Anyways. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, I was like, man, this would be really awesome. And like a manga size book and like sold in the manga section. But yet, yeah, it's not. And I'm like, what the F? Probably because I, yeah, I saw this one. Um, I think it was someone on Twitter I read saying like manga, uh, manga books went up like 20, 30% last year. Oh, yeah. No, the, mo- the manga has it figured out. And yeah. like my, my Hero Academia or whatever, which we have not watched, but I know that it's like uh, it does superheroes really well for kids, um, more so than actual the, the Western superhero publishers because they they're publishing for us usually and not kids so yeah. they, they haven't really cornered that that not even kids but like young adult like mm-hmm. teen it's always like more for 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 us old fogies mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i just think about it though i'm like man you guys are just like tripping up like you guys could just i don't know i i just focus on the work i do so yeah, well, yeah, and it's it's interesting. Um, not to not to tangent too much, but I, every time I look at, you know, what books are coming out, and and I don't know what what what's happening between Marvel and Disney and IDW, but like IDW gets all the cool young adult stuff, and I don't understand what's going on there. But they're like IDW, you publish this book for kids. It's clearly meant for kids, whether it's Star Wars or mm-hmm. or Marvel or whatever, and and we'll we'll make the adult books over here at Marvel. <laughs> Which is strange, I guess. Like, I it, it and it feels like they've done that for a while because I think Marvel used or IDW used to do the Disney like Scrooge McDuck books and things like that. But it, it it's weird that you would go to a a shop or something and like th- there'd be IDW on the side for like a Spider Man book. And maybe maybe you wouldn't necessarily see that when you were shopping. You know, yeah. just side of a label is just looking oh here's all the marvel books or something you know i don't know it's strange but i i pretty much agree with what you're saying i don't i don't understand what what companies are doing or what their 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 mind mindset is 
Yeah, like I, I just don't get it. Adults just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I know we're we're coming to the end here. Uh, does anybody have anything that they want to uh, mention real quick before we split? All right. Well, I, I just I'll just mention real quick that um that I started a uh, spinoff show with uh, one of our new hosts, Jeremiah Ion, called Movies with Issues, which is a monthly show about crappy comic book movies. And our first one was Spider-Man 3, which we talked for so long, we had to split it up into two parts. And But they're not all going to be like that. Uh, this month's uh, movie is going to be Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., starring none other than David Hasselhoff. Oh, yeah. And uh, I can tell you that that movie, in its entire length, the, the, the full movie, is available for free on YouTube. And it's actually a fairly decent quality. I think that's the only place you can watch it for free. Please don't spend money on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, but it's not good. <laughs> well, it's not, but I'm, I'm not going to say too much about it because obviously I'm going to be recording and yeah. talk about it. It's a surprisingly decent comic book movie. Like it's surprisingly faithful to a lot of the, the whole, like the, like a lot of things that make up Nick Fury and shield and Hydra. And there's, there's a lot of, a lot of neat things in, in there. It, it's not good by any stretch of the imagination, but for the time, it wasn't a bad comic book movie. So, Mm-hmm. Anyway, you can find that on the main feed. Uh, it's it's it, it's not part of Patreon. It's a, it's going to be a, a free show right along with Comic Book Pit. If you want our Patreon exclusive podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash comic book pit. Contribute and be one of the you know be one of uh, the Comic Book Pit community, and you can get the Patreon exclusive podcast. You can get the web comics, uh, and there's going to be a lot more content coming up. Uh, you can find us also on all the major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Apple podcasts, Amazon music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and probably a few more that I'm forgetting. MySpace. Uh, my, yes. Yeah. Right, right <laughs> along with, with uh, Tom on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and if you want to help us out, there are a couple ways to do that. You can rate and review comic book pit. It just takes a moment and a five star rating or review goes a long way. You can also support us by checking out our spread shop store, or you can make a, a monetary donation in any amount on our Kofi account. And all of those links are in the show notes. So make sure to check them out and also check out our two show sponsors, Pittsburgh comics and thriftburg.com. So, unless there's anything else? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this has been episode 378 of the Comic Book Pit podcast. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we got Sean. See ya. Kate. Bye. And Link. See you, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.